Hey, what's up, guys? It's Park with Psych Athletes, and today we got a super special podcast with Annie Coons. She's an Olympic heptathlete, guys. She has a ton of awesome mindset trainings that she uses when she's in these super high pressure situations, a ton of book recommendations, and a lot of stuff on the subconscious, the conscious mind, as well as self image for you guys, anxiety, talking about confidence. Guys, it's an awesome podcast, so make sure that you follow her on Instagram below and you check out all of our video trainings below this podcast as well. And let's get into it um so what's up annie um, Hello. <laughs> so i did a little reading on you and your dad was actually in the nfl right and he was he did he was one of the yeah he only played for three years and won a super bowl in that time so he's very good, fortunate yeah it was some good three years um yeah. so like kind of growing up like you have this character in your family your dad who like succeeded so highly in his sport did you ever feel like any pressure to like kind of live up to that or like did he ever like kind of push you in one direction in the sport to to succeed i've gotten that question a lot actually growing up and i feel like i never felt any kind of pressure from my parents they really allowed me to kind of they kind of put me in like every sport um they put me in like dance they put me in like music stuff and just kind of felt like and whatever I liked, they encouraged me to do. So I never felt any kind of pressure to like live up to him in like his sports career. Yeah. Um, I felt more so like I, I obviously took to sports. Like that's just been my passion. So I think I just looked up to him more instead of feeling any kind of pressure from him and kind of just used him as a source of like, Hey, how'd you get through this? Or, um, you know, like he, he was just so successful in every step of his career. So I kind of just looked up to him and, and used him as inspiration more than anything. Yeah. That's probably so good having like a, a character like that who could give you advice on like any like mental struggles or anything you're facing. Um, yeah. That's probably super helpful. For yeah. Them. We're big, we're big on mentors and finding the best mentors in your life who have actually done it before and have gotten to a yeah. level that you want to get to. Because a lot of times yeah. the athletes that we um, end up helping, they're with coaches, they're with organizations that, you know, the coaches haven't really gotten to the level that they want to be at, that they want to mm-hmm. succeed at. And so a lot of times they don't have that mentorship in their life. Um, so aside from your, your, your dad, did you ever seek out other types of mentors that really helped you in your life to get to where you're at today? Um, I feel like obviously coaches throughout my career, I think I've been really blessed just to have been fortunate to have like really amazing coaches um, in college in in high school. I had two coaches that were amazing. So I feel like my coaches have always been um, and even where I'm at now, like I feel like I have a really good relationship with my coaches where I feel like I can have like an open line of communication and, and learn a lot from them. Um, I think once I got to the professional level is where I really like started seeking that out, like seeking out help in areas that I needed it. Um, I think we're constantly growing and evolving and learning. And I think once I got to that, like once I got to the point where I graduated from college and I was seeking this professional career on my own is where that shift really happened. And I started reading a lot of books and that's where it started. Where I was like reading a lot about, you know, sports psychology Um, I hadn't had any luck with like the ones that were facilitated through the center. Um, uh, Like as far as like sports psychologists go, it was just kind of that old school mentality of like, you know, switching your negative thinking to positive thinking. And that just never worked for me. It was pretty frustrating. Um, So I started seeking out books um, to kind of 
figure out what worked for me. And then I actually found um, a guy that I'm working with right now, Taylor Brown, and he's out at UT. And um, I'd actually read a book like with winning in mind. And that really just translated really well for me um, at last year at uh, Indoor USA is where I won national championship. And everything that he was talking about, just, oh, thank you. <laughs> everything he was talking about just really like, co- like corresponded with everything I read in the book. So it felt like it was a good fit. And um, I think it's really important to like seek out those people, like you said, that you can be mentors and help you get to that next level. Um, because anyone that thinks that like they know it all already is like lying to themselves. <laughs> like yeah. you're always, there's always more to learn. There's always little things that certain people can say, like it, like my coach could be telling me one thing, but the way someone else told it like sticks better. So I'm constantly kind of seeking that out. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love to get into some of those strategies that um, I think Taylor Brown, that's who you work with. Some of the stuff that he's saying. And then the book, did you say the name of the book that you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's called um, with winning in mind by Lonnie boss. I think it's awesome. Awesome. Um, and he was a world championship Olympic shooter. Um, so the, men- the mental side of that game, like you have to, you click the button or the whatever, I don't know, the trigger um, in between your heartbeat. So if you're, you have anxiety or you're like, you're nervous or whatever, like your heart rate's really fast. So you it's got a fast trigger then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like super mental. Um, and he wrote this book for like CEOs of companies, like, um, like bosses of companies, um, like Olympic athletes, obviously high school, like there's all these different levels that he he'll go and speak to, um, with this mental management system that he created, which is the book that I read. Awesome. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that we kind of talk about is like what you mentioned, anxiety, anxiety in athletes and in sports is so prevalent and, Mm -hmm. um, so with, with that, those strategies in mind and like building confidence as well, um, mm-hmm. that book, what's some of the things that they teach to eliminate anxiety when you're in such a high pressure situation that mm-hmm. you're in constantly? Um, is there anything that you can give athletes that you kind of yeah. use, whether it maybe be a meditation, help mm-hmm. to uh, stop overthinking, or what is it that you personally use? Yeah, so quick, like overview, I guess, of the book, there's these three main systems. So your subconscious, your conscious and your self image. So like your self image is going to be your confidence, um, building that up. Your conscious mind is what am I doing now? Your subconscious is like, basically, like when you're in competition, you want your subconscious, like everything that you built in training, your subconscious takes over. And you're just like thinking of like two things in your conscious mind um, to execute. So that really helped me because I feel like when I was getting competition, especially in the heptathlon, we have so many different events we have and it there, it could go any which way in every event and you have to bounce back and like direct your focus back to what you're doing um, and execute. And that has been a struggle for me in the heptathlon where I would have a, an event that didn't go the way I wanted it to. Um, and then you get all this anxiety or like, okay, I didn't get these points here. Like now I have to make up for it here. And like you get, um, you, you don't stay process focused. So you stay in like, okay, shit, my score is going to be this now. Like, what, what am I going to do instead of thinking like, okay, now I just need to 
relax my shoulders. I need to, like in my sprints, I need to relax my shoulders. I need to pump my heart. Like you stop thinking about what you need to execute and you start getting outcome focused. And that was like a huge thing that I struggled with in my weaker events. It would just kind of like send me in a tailspin with anxiety and then my performance. And so this book really helped me just come up with like one or two cues in each event. Um, and those are the only two things I focused about, focused on. I didn't even like ask my coach what my score was after each event, stopped focusing on that and, um, just would like redirect my focus to what I needed to execute. And I feel like that really helps along with like what I've been working with Taylor Brown is a lot of mindfulness. Um, and that's like meditation stuff. And that's been amazing as well, because his whole thing is kind of like I talked, I touched on earlier, instead of thinking of like, how do I change my negative thinking to positive thinking? It's pretty much just like staying neutral and accepting emotions as they come. So like, if you start feeling anxiety or nerves, you're like, okay, I'm feeling anxiety. You like acknowledge it. It kind of loses its power. And then you redirect your focus to what you're trying to do. And that has been like, really really helpful especially in my weaker events in my running events yeah that's probably so important for you too because like heptathlon's such a unique event like other yeah. track like i ran track in high school and all i had to focus on was like the long jump or the triple jump and maybe my coach would put me in the four by four and like that's all yeah. i would have to worry about but like you've got seven yeah. of them um so just prioritizing that and kind of hearing how you how you kind of said that i acknowledge the anxiety and then you kind of ground yourself um mm -hmm. that's probably super important and did you learn that, you know, in like your college days? Because I know you were in soccer too. Did you mm -hmm. have any like mental training in soccer that kind of, um, kind of, you know, kind of branched yourself out to track and, and helped you in your track career? Honestly, I feel like, I think it's so cool nowadays because like men, and even like you guys doing this podcast, like mental health is talked about and it's like accepted and everyone realizes that everyone deals with it on some level. I feel like when I was in college, um, I, no one was ever talking about it. So like, you didn't even realize that I was like struggling with anxiety in sport or, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of are in denial, like, no, everything's fine. Like, you know, whatever, you just kind of deal with it, but you don't realize like what's happening. And I wish that I had like a mental coach, um, and the strength coach, like I do now, um, because in college and in track, especially I think track is such an individual sport. I think with the team sports, you don't struggle with as much anxiety because it's just like all on you yeah. <laughs> in an individual. Um, and so with track, especially I would just like emotionally, I'm pretty emotional person in general. So like when I didn't live up to the expe expectation that I wanted for an event or a meet or whatever it was, um, I would just totally crumble. Like I would get so much anxiety. You could see it. It was shown all over my face, my body posture, like my shrug, my shoulders would shrug. Like I had this like sad face. Like I really, really didn't know how to handle my emotions in college. So no, like, yeah. honestly, no, I didn't have much help in college mm -hmm. and it honestly hasn't really changed until the last couple of years. So did that kind of like weigh into your decision of choosing a career in track over soccer? Because mm -hmm. I mean, you were a, a really, really good soccer player too. I mean, you were in like the U17 national team um, when you were mm -hmm. a kid um did you kind of like make that decision because there's definitely less backing I think in women's track than there is in women's soccer yeah so did that ever kind of like um you know that future that you see in it and there's not a lot of backing it that ever deter you 
from choosing that? Or kind of how did you make that decision? I honestly, I think that, so soccer has been my main sport since I was three. Um, I, and it's a team sport. So I always chose like my team over the individual thing. Like I would always mm. choose like a soccer game over a track meet. Um, and they're in the same season. So I would only practice tra- uh, soccer. Um, so then once I got to college was the first time I got to like train for track and field. Um, and I did a red shirt year after my senior uh, or my, I did my junior redshirt um, season for track so I could go into my senior fall of soccer, like do a spring soccer, go into the fall. And then when I did that year of just track and field with my redshirt, it really took off for me. Like I got the foundation that I'd never had in the sport and um, I qualified for the Olympic trials. Um, so everything just kind of took off for me in track and I found myself happier at practice than I was at soccer practice. I think I just got burned out of the sport a bit. And there were a lot more politics in soccer, whereas like track, like if you're fast, you're fast, you make the team. There's no like coach picking you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I liked that aspect of it. And then just that year kind of seeing like, dang, like I qualified for Olympic trials. I placed eighth at the 2016 trials. And I was like, should I have been doing this? Like, <laughs> And so I was going to I honestly was going to go pro in soccer. And then that year happened. And um, I just really like found a love for the sport that I didn't know was there. And just, I think just my passion for track uh, um, exceeded my passion for soccer at that point. And I'm really glad with my decision. Yeah. Seems like it's working out. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you had earlier when you were talking about a lot of the mental strategies that you have, I want to make sure that the athletes listening to this um, didn't just hear it and pass over because there's Mm -hmm. so many extremely important things that you talked about yeah. that's going to help a lot of people. And the first thing that I noticed was when you said the outcome focused versus what I can control. Yeah. Cir- basically your circle of control. And mm-hmm. while you're competing, not getting so in your head and outcome focused, like I need to win this race. I need to do yeah. this. I need to do that. But instead what it is that you can control, like you were talking about loosening up your muscles loosening up your tension, mm-hmm. dropping your shoulders, because we talk about the CBT triangle a lot. Body language affects your emotions, which Huge, affects yeah. your thoughts as well. And is affecting, mm-hmm. affecting um, your entire performance. And then mm-hmm. also when you talked about anxiety and letting it actually pass through you and run its natural course. I think mm-hmm. a lot of athletes, when they experience anxiety, they're like, shit, shit, fuck. I, this can't happen to me. No, no, not now. No, no, not now. And it just mm-hmm. makes it worse and worse. And then you get through a kind of a cycle of a self-fulfilling cycle where it just yeah. keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And it sounds yeah. like what you do is you say, okay, I'm accepting it right now. I'm allowing it. This is happening. Mm-hmm. And you just let it run its natural course. And yeah. that's what really in, uh, in our eyes and what we teach helps people get over it in the moment mm-hmm. the fastest yeah because what happens is a lot of time like in retrospect it's as an athlete it's crazy because i went through the because you mentioned that you didn't even realize you struggled with it because you didn't really mm-hmm. have that mental help in college and i went through the same exact thing that's why we started this i came back home yeah. and i was like man like there was something wrong with me like throughout yeah. college like i was being held back by something that i had no knowledge about i had no yeah. support no resources with it and um, the big thing about the but allowing anxiety to kind of pass over you is that if we run from it, it's always going to be a nagging thought in the back of our mind. But if we face it head on and we accept it as something that doesn't really matter, then 
then that's a lot more powerful than letting it than letting it fester kind of. Mm-hmm. And also what you said, I know we're talking a lot, but, you, but no, how, how, many, <laughs> how many events you um, you had. And it's easy for us because we get overwhelmed by the amount of things that we need to work on. And we mm-hmm. just we just read um, a lot of James Clear and he mentions the 525 rule and circling the five most important um, things that you need to do right now and mm-hmm. writing down 25 more. And the 25 more don't matter right now because mm-hmm. you can't devote all the energy to 25 things at once. So the less right. we can prioritize, the more focus we're going to be in attacking them. So that's that's a huge thing yeah. that, that you were kind of taught all these things. And it, it kind of circulates around the the mental, um, the mental game and the mental realm, all these techniques. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's not really acknowledged in the sports realm. It's crazy no, to talk about mental not. health all it's the crazy. time. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. But, and I think just being present is like, so hard in our sport as well because we're either fixated on something we didn't do in the past or we wish we would have done and that you know causes like depression that's like where depression comes in when you're thinking about the past and then anxiety is thinking about the future and instead of just being in this present moment and I think that's obviously super hard it's easier said than done um but I think I take time each day and even just in my normal life it's not like like these are all lessons that I think we can take into our in our everyday life, but especially in our sport where it's like, I just need to be more present and in this moment and focus on what's in my control. Cause especially, especially with the year of 2020, like we had so much that was out of our control. I think it really forced a lot of us to like focus on our mental health because it was so challenging. Um, And I think being present, like you just touched on is huge. Yeah. I mean, with presence that obviously comes with a lot of the mindfulness training that you said that you've been doing. Can yeah. you kind of talk to athletes about mindfulness, about meditation? Because it gets a weird stigma, right? It gets yeah. like a wooey wooey type thing. Yeah, like and so we song, like yeah. to, yeah, like we like to come about, come about it and like give a aura off of like we're just normal dudes, we're just normal athletes. But like meditation, mm-hmm. it's sick. Working on your subconscious, yeah. it's awesome. It's not this like guru type thing that you have to. You don't have to sit crisscross yeah. applesauce in like a group pose yeah. to meditate. <laughs> Um, so you can, can you kind of give your opinion on it and how it's kind of helped you in your life? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so I think the biggest thing about mindfulness is just paying attention, um, non-judgmentally. So a lot of times, like we're judging everything that happens throughout our day. Like this is a good thing that happened. This is bad. Like I have anxiety. That's a bad judgment. Like you shouldn't have anxiety. And so I think mindfulness is paying attention to when those things pop up and trying to accept them and not judge them for good or bad. It's, that's kind of what I touched on, like staying neutral where um, you're kind of accepting these feelings and sensations as they come and then letting go of them and they lose their power. So that's been the biggest thing for me. Like, for example, like in my 800, it's one of my weaker events. I struggle with that. I would get the worst anxiety, like awful, awful anxiety going into that event. And then throughout, I would just like, if something came up, like pain starts setting in, like the lactic acid is, is starting to hurt. I would just be like, Oh no, like, you're fine. You're fine. Like it's, it's, you don't hurt. Like you're fine. Just push through, like, don't stop, just keep going. So I'm like trying to deny these feelings as they come up. And now like the switch that's happened is like, okay, pain setting in your legs hurt. You're strong. You're, you're trained, you're trained for this, uh, redirect your focus to what you need to execute. So it's like, relax your shoulders, pump your arms, front side mechanics. And that just kind of like loses the folk. Like if you're, if you're trying to deny those feelings, then you're just focused on those feelings. 
So if you deny them, deny them, deny them, that's all you're focusing on. You're not focusing on what you're trying to execute. So as soon as I let go, I accept them and let go of them and then redirect my focus to what I need to execute, it's just made a world of difference in, um, in staying present, I think, in what you're trying to execute. Yeah, that's so great too. Cause it's so easy just to just start denying all those feelings that are coming yeah. on you too. It's, it's so, so easy. And, like, <laughs> and it kind of seems like when you're denying it, like you think that's going to make the problem go away. Totally. But I think that's a huge misconception that a lot of athletes kind of fall into is that they get the problems like you had and they start feeling pain and everything and they start denying it. And then they think that's mm-hmm. helping the problem. But as we know, that does not help at all. It's way easier just to acknowledge that way and push easier. through and try and, like you said, kind of redirect that and, um, and, and put it into something else, you know, like mechanics mm-hmm. or, or, or all that stuff. So. And- and the whole thing with, I, I realized I probably didn't even answer your meditation question, but the no. whole thing with the meditation, like, I'm like, oh, I just want this tangent. Um, with mindfulness and meditation, I set aside like five to 15 minutes. I've been trying to do every day. The holidays obviously have been kind of crazy, but um, at least like once a day and you're just doing like a check of your body. Like, okay, what feel like you're, you're taking almost like a list of what you're feeling um, emotions that arise thoughts, like when your mind strays, like when, when I'm in a meditation, my mind, your mind is constantly going. So like my mind will stray to like what I'm going to have for lunch or like some random thought. And then I have to bring it back to like my breath or my deep diaphragmic breathing or, um, whatever the meditation is walking you through and how my coach is, my mental coach is kind of, um, help me like he's like I know this probably feels like you're just like wasting your time (laughs) he's like but this every time that your mind strays and you redirect your focus back to what you're doing that's a rep so he's like that's like a rep in the 800 or that's a rep in your strength training or whatever so we're building reps so that this just becomes second nature and it's in your subconscious and it comes becomes a lot easier for you when you're in your sport and your mind strays and you got to redirect your attention such a crucial thing in sports is controlling our thoughts. And like, when you mm-hmm. think about it, you're like, how do I do that? Because yeah. your mind, it flows, it wanders constantly. You can't constantly. completely control it. But what you can do is if you get that negative thought, then you counter that negative thought. So now that's mm-hmm. bad thinking. Okay, well, give yourself a positive affirmation instead. Because we used to try and learn in college, they'd be like, control your thoughts, control your mind. I'm like, okay, yeah. coach. How do I do that? Yeah. And then they they'd be like, stop overthinking. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, coach, like my mind's going everywhere. What am I supposed to do? But the huge thing, you can't really stop your mind from entering a negative space sometimes, like thought wise. No. But no. what you well, can do. That's why like acceptance is so huge. Exactly. What you can do is accept that you have that thought, reel it in and be like, okay, no, I'm going to think this instead. Yeah. It's, like it's what's in my to, control it, in this moment? Mm-hmm. It's hard to just like hold your mind and put this in a narrow space. So if everyone could do that, everyone would be the greatest athlete ever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> when you when you're starting to meditate too, a lot of people get super frustrated because they're like, "I'm having all these thoughts pop up. These they're not supposed to pop up." Mm-hmm. Like, I just listened to this person on how to meditate. They say you're supposed to have no thoughts. Shit, I'm thinking about what I'm gonna eat in ten yeah. minutes. Like, and then you're, and then you're just like beating yourself up about it. It's kind of the exact parallel as you're meditating to when Mm -hmm. you're competing as well. So Mm -hmm. I think that it has such a a combination. And what you just said, like, that's like the judgments that come in, right? Like if like, you're having this judgment, like, oh my God, I'm meditating wrong. Like I'm not doing this right. I, my Mm -hmm. mind's wandering. It's like, 
okay, this is natural. Like it's fine. My mind wandered. Now redirect it. You can't, it's, it's being like just non-judgmental when those thoughts and, and things pop up. Cause we can be so hard on ourselves. And that's kind of where like that anxiety and like tense comes in with the meditation. And that's been really hard for me because I want to be good at stuff. And I'm like, I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing this well enough. Um, but you just have to accept it for what it is and not judge yourself. Yeah. I love, I love the non-judgmental about yourself. And then what I've, what I've been um, kind of learning a lot too, it's something called the mirror exercise or the mirror effect. And so instead of mm-hmm. judging yourself, it's when we judge others. And I think that's something that I struggled with big time when I was um, mm-hmm. competing. We, me and Ryan played baseball in high school. And when we judge others as well, I kind of like to talk about the story. Um, say you're like giving a presentation in class and you have a lot of anxiety. You have a lot of nerves. You don't want to public speak. And you see somebody else get up and they're nervous. They're scared. They don't do that good. And you mm-hmm. place a judgment on them and you say, oh man, that person, you know, they're, they're not doing well. You know, everybody's laughing at them. I don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. Well, then what's going to happen when you walk up to be the very next person to give that speech? You're going to feel those same exact feelings that you were feeling about that other person. You're going mm-hmm. to say, oh, that person's that person felt anxiety man, I feel so anxious. I feel like this. I feel like that. Mm-hmm. But if you were to never judge somebody else, you wouldn't feel those same emotions because how would you yeah. know? How would you know that other people were um, thinking that about you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So basically, you got to be Buddha. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, you have to uh, be perfect in every way. Never judge somebody. No, that's awesome though. I think that's, I think we're so equipped to judge ourselves and other people. And like when you remove those judgments from your psyche, it can, it just creates such more like peaceful, like mentality. You just feel more grounded. Definitely. It's, you mentioned something easier. I mean, uh, earlier, I'm sorry, where you, um, I think it was, you mentioned like a coach and Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about it like, everyone has their own ways of interpreting um, like feel, like how does something feel like a technique or like a running form? How does it yeah. feel? You're, you're, it's, there's a difference between fe- like how it feels or how you say it and you teach mm-hmm. it than how it actually feels. Like in baseball yeah. say, there's a lot of different ways to hit a baseball. And yeah, a exactly. lot of coaches, and I'm sure in track think there is only one way to yeah. hit a baseball or run or do an event. Yeah. And there's so much left up to interpretation when a coach is trying to, when a coach is trying to coach you. And I'm kind of like, I'm drawing similarities to the way we kind of have techniques to center ourselves and train our mind. Cause it feels mm-hmm. for me, when I'm thinking about controlling my thoughts, I'm controlling about like, I'm thinking about like grabbing everything and bringing it back. It's weird. Yeah. It, you, yeah. I have this strange like imagery of, of controlling my thoughts. And I think that's so huge. Like the way we're talking about it now, because we're talking about like mm-hmm. controlling thoughts and, and mentalness and everyone's different. Everyone might imagine mm-hmm. it like a different way. Differently. I'm kind of getting really weird right now, but <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, no, I'm, I get it. I get it. It's I, like, weird. It's we hard to articulate. Yeah. Because the way we're saying it right now might not translate to how an athlete actually feels and what's yeah. actually going through their mind. I think the mm-hmm. crucial thing is to understand and try and what makes you think the best, what makes you focus the best, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what, what works to... for you. Yeah, exactly. I think that's like, 
you, that's where I was like, I was reading different books on like, like I read Russell Wilson's book and that's all in like neutral thinking. And then I read that one. I was like, oh, this is like sticking for me so well. And mine is like, it's a lot about like visualization and having like those one or two cues that my coach and I have found work. And like, we could go through cute, like it'll, cues are huge in our sport where it's like, he could be telling me something and it's just not clicking in my brain where I'm like, and then he says it a different way. And I'm like, oh yeah, great. Okay. That cue works. Let me write that down in my journal. And like, that's what I'm going to think about next starting next practice. Isn't that Um, weird? Yeah. It's super weird. Like, and then that, the other cue that he was using worked for my training partner, but it just didn't work for me. So it's like really navigating those different cues and like visualization techniques to kind of figure out what works for you. Um, mentally I think yeah I think that's so important too just for like young athletes who are listening to this right now to hear mm-hmm. that like this is a process you know like Such you said a process. like oh my gosh <laughs> one thing that a coach says one day I mean it might not stick like it may take like four months like how long did it take yeah. for like your coach like give you a cue and then like maybe like a week later oh. started working you're like <laughs> two weeks it started working I think that's like so important what you just said, because it is just a process, like especially in like what I do with the heptathlon, it's so many events. So it just takes a long, long time to really just narrow down and figure out those cues in each event. But like, I'm still figuring out like javelin is one of my weaker events and we are still working every day to figure out the cues that work for me to get me to do what I need to do. And it's just, it's constantly like evolving, like long jump I had two weeks ago. I had one thing that he said about like initiating from my glute and I was like, Oh, like that makes so much sense. I'm a stepping down with my glute and it completely changed my takeoff angle. So it's like, I learned something two weeks ago. I'm 27 years old. Um, that just really changed my takeoff in long jump. So I think that that is crucial, especially with like younger athletes, we get so impatient and we just want the results so much faster than we're willing to give it time to get there. And the process and staying patient with the process is so important and not allowing your mental state to get the best of you. Yeah, I was definitely a victim of results-oriented mindset. It's just, we talk about it, we sound like a broken record, but if you place unrealistic expectations of your, on yourself and then you fail yeah. to meet those unrealistic expectations, your confidence takes a hit. You're like, "Who? what am I worth now? Your self-worth, you know, you start mm-hmm. doubting yourself and totally yeah that's totally and that's what I changed too like like last year at internationals I instead like I used to have goal like I would write down my goals for that meet before and it would be like okay run this jump this like whatever and then my goals for that meet where I changed it was like okay um like breathing techniques to clear the 800 it was like how I'm going to take off at high jump. It was staying closed in shop, but it's these execution cues that those are my goals. Like, yeah, if you do this, then you'll get the result that you want. But if you're just focused on the result, like you have no way to get there. You lose those baby steps. Yeah. Um, and I think changing that mentality is super important. And, and when you're focused on the result too, you have so much pressure to accomplish that result. Yeah. You have more anxiety about it. But when you have more of a freedom of outcome of it, where it's like, I know mm-hmm. I can control this. The other yeah. thing, I know I want these to happen. But look, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, mm-hmm. I know I'm going to accomplish what is in my control. Yeah, totally. I think process focus is like probably one of the biggest things that I learned in the last couple of years. It's really helped me. Awesome. Well, we know that you have yeah, to you get out of here soon. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, you we guys are great. This is, I'm super podcast. passionate about this stuff. So I really yeah. I appreciate you having me on. Isn't it fun talking talk about, about it? Oh yeah. I like I think that it's so neglected and sports are like 90% mental and then no one takes the time to like study and get better in that. And that to me is is I mean, I'm I've been pro for like three and a half, almost four years. And really only the last year and a half I've dedicated like specific time and effort into this. And so I'm, I'm super passionate about it now because I've seen the difference that it can make. So I think if we can help like younger athletes get that before I did, it'd be, it's awesome. So I'm right? super That's passionate. That's the goal, right? That's how I look yeah. at it too. I'm like, don't go down the same path that I did, that negative right. spiral downwards spiral. You're lucky because you, or you not lucky, but due to your own kind of pursuit, you kind of have a grasp on it. No one really yeah. has conquered it. Right. But you can only get so far with like natural talent. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like if you want that next step, you really have to put effort and time into this. And it'll just make you feel so much ground more grounded and like peaceful in everyday life. Yeah. It's not like it's, the yeah. stuff. It's is, awesome. Because you're yeah. like a living example of mental training making a difference in your career. And yeah, I think absolutely. for all athletes looking at this, realize there's like an untapped, you know, kind of pool in your game. Totally. Right? If, and if we leave that 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 50%, 40%, 30%, 10% mental off the field and we don't incorporate it into our game, then we're losing some of our some of our ability, to be honest. Yeah, yeah and totally. young athletes, like look at Annie, like look at somebody who's actually done it, read books, work on the mental side of your game, follow from mentors who are in the position that you want to be in. <laughs> Listen to us. <laughs> what I like to say is, I like to say, don't be me. And if we had a slogan, what you said earlier, that 90% of the game is mental or and no coaches talk about it, like that would be our slogan. Like that's, It is. It's crazy. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. That's why I'm so thankful now. Like mental health is so talked about and like not has this like stigma of like, oh, like you need therapy or like whatever. It's like, no, yeah. this is mm -hmm. like, we have coaches in every other aspect of our life. Like, why not this? So, Yeah. So we always like to ask our guests one last question once we're about to get off. And that's just if you um, were to give one piece of advice to young athletes who are trying to be in your position right now, um, what would it be? I would say trust the process. I think that's huge. Trust the process and really take time to study your sport and, and you can, like I said earlier, like you can only go so far with natural talent. And I think young athletes, don't take the time to get to that next level like we just talked about. So I think really studying and becoming a student of your sport and trusting that process um, and knowing that it's going to be a process and not trying to jump ahead of it. That would be my biggest um, piece of advice because I think that's what I struggled with the most. And I, I wish I could go back. I wish I would do those things differently as like a high school athlete, as a college athlete. Um, so yeah, I think that would probably be my advice. Awesome. Perfect. All right, Annie. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. on. Thank you and guys. So nice to meet you guys. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. Make sure that you follow Annie below and also check out our brand new video training. It's about 20 minutes. That's going to really help you eliminate anxiety and nerves before game day. That link's going to be underneath the description as well. Have a great rest of your day.